Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, and welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and returning to the show today is Lisa Goodpaster. She's the founder of the Stephood Project, author of the forthcoming book, Surviving Stephood, and a parental alienation survivor and childhood trauma educator. Welcome. Thanks, Tom. Lisa, welcome back to the show. Excited to have you back. And I will reintroduce you is that we met about four or five years ago through the Hoffman process in my book. And she called me, I called her. We traded emails back and forth, a couple of phone calls. And the bottom line is we discussed Hoffman in detail on the first podcast. And it's a seven day process in-house. There's one in now Petaluma, but usually Napa Valley, also one on the East Coast. There's eight other ones around the world. But it's a seven-day in-house process that makes you aware of your family programming and how it affects your day-to-day life. And it's a very powerful process. And Lisa shared her story about really having a very tough childhood, went through divorce, and has learned things through the combination of um, back in control, the doc journey, Hoffman, her own personal work, She's also worked with a friend of mine, Kendra Bloom, who's a wonderful somatic therapist. And she's been able to come past all that. And she found it was called the Stephood Project, which you can access at stephoodproject.org. And what I'm asking her to do is to just tell us in detail what got her started on the project, how it's forming, what the mission is, and just where it's at. Basically, share with, share with us what's going on with the Stephood Project. So anyway, Lisa, welcome and thank you for being back on the show. Thank you. Um, so the Stephood Project, so Stephood is just a, just so everyone knows it's, it's not about a step parent. It is a, a, a name I coined because I, I grew up with four sets of, step, of parents. And um, as you know, we all uh, learn from our environment. And so the Stephood Project is bringing awareness on parental alienation, which is a global epidemic. Uh, we are uh, in the USA alone. We are leading in the number one single family home in the entire world. Wow. In the entire world. And not only that, but our kids are in peril. Uh, our families are in peril. So the Stephood Project is kind of shining a light on the reality of what's happening in our families and how we can help um, 
bring education and awareness because right now there's awareness, but I think people are still unsure of like what exactly it, it is. And parental alienation is a deliberate form of child abuse, um, usually by parents. When I mean deliberate, I mean, in a sense, they're just still so angry at the divorce or whatever caused it that they tend to take away the kid, put, you know, put the kid in, in peril. Right. So it, my, sounds like, it sounds like that was your situation when your parents went through divorce, things didn't go well. Right. Yes. My, yeah. The only thing, yeah. My parents could not co-parent. And when you cannot co-parent uh, effectively, you put your child in, um, in danger. There is a danger. We, and we mm-hmm. say they could co-parent. What do you mean by that? They could not see eye to eye. It was either um, they were so extreme. And what happened was uh, my dad remarried and the lady that m- married my dad um, was not well. And so she didn't like the fact that I existed. So the only way I could exist is if she painted me to be an evil stepchild, which is what happened. And I stayed quiet to protect my dad while learning and absorbing all the stuff I heard that made me, that erased my mother. So I kind of grew up protecting everyone and um, surviving and very angry child, a very, and that's a very common thing for kids that have been alienated. They're extremely angry for the right reasons. Right. And that's because no one, you're not self-regulated, you know? So the time from I was seven to 13, that's the most crucial time. And that's when I spent more time with my stepmom than I had both my parents. So it's not just my stepmom's fault. It's like, you know, it's, this is, this is what happens. This is the reality. And knowing this, you know, had I not, had I not remembered where the proof was, had I not, um, you know, been able to break that cycle and raise my son completely differently. Um, you know, I was strong, but I was still something, something was still off and we didn't know what was happening. So the Stephood Project is really all about healing families and understanding that this, this, uh, this thing that the parents are doing is, is not okay. This is this, we need to, we need to really um, value our families again and understand and re-educate. I called for judges and uh, anybody that's working with children to get re-educated on um, how our minds and bodies are growing because this is, um, you know, it's, this is global. So you, you so you started a nonprofit, the website is called Mm -hmm. the stepwoodproject.org. And so um, I'm assuming you, how, where's the project at? When did you launch it and how much has it grown? What's its mission? Okay, so um, right now, uh, our mission is to um, help spread awareness and stop uh, parental alienation. That, and then from there, we are um, hoping to, um, you know, launch uh, more help uh, for children of divorce and as well as for parents that are growing through this too, because for the parents they're they don't have access to the child 
And what happens is the longer a child is away from the parent, the, the, those brain, those pathways, those negative pathways take root. And that's right. why even to this day, I struggle hanging out with my mom. <laughs> Yeah. With your so stepmom, or, stepmom or your mom? With my actual mom, yeah. I don't, I don't. Because? Because of, um, because it's, it's always, uh, it, it's always triggering still because sometimes, you know, like kids from divorce, we can heal, but our parents, it's, they're still the same. So I can hang out with her, it, but there are times when I still get triggered or you know it's just because mine was so long it took 40 years right so i just make what make one comment here this is just in general terms so the last two years of my practice we spent probably 60 percent of our time with the doc journey or the back and control project with the families and what we found out that humans evolved by social connection we developed language we developed cooperation and through language and cooperation, we went from the bottom of the food chain to the top of the food chain. So social connection is one of those basic human needs. And the deeper the connection, the better. But the deeper the connection, the deeper the triggers, which I think is one of the most perverse aspects of the entire human experience, because we end up treating our parents and kids and spouses and whoever worse than we would the gas station attendant or the grocery store clerk or whoever who we don't know. Yeah. Right. So why would you treat people that you quote love worse than people that you just meet in day to day life? Right. Right. So what Hoffman did for me, and it sounds like it did for you, it makes you aware of how deep those triggers are. And they are coming from the part of the brain that's a survival primitive part of the brain. We also know when you're triggered, in other words, you become anxious or upset. It changes the blood supply, blood supply to the thinking centers of your brain called the neocortex and it stimulates inflammatory markers. So your actual, what are called glial cells or supporting structures of the brain actually throw off inflammatory proteins called cytokines. So your brain itself is actually inflamed. The blood flow is off. As one of my friends points out, he calls your brain is simply offline when you're angry and upset. Mm -hmm. So that's what's so perverse about the human experience is that the deeper your relationships, the deeper the triggers and the people we often treat the worst are those people that we are the closest to friends, families, colleagues, kids, and the instance of physical domestic abuse in the U S right now is 30%, one out of three. That is yep. insane. That is yep. not a good statistic at all. Why would you ever want to physically hurt somebody that you love? Right. 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 So yeah, just a couple of comments. Do you have any thoughts on that? Why that yeah. happens so much? It happens because, um, well, I can I can speak for myself. Um, I can <laughs> I get really personal here. Uh, yeah, it's my inner child that gets freaked out because someone's trying to uh, love me or, or help me, and I'm viewing it as a threat. Like, wait a minute. Why are you doing that? That doesn't feel right. I'm, I'm going to say some mean things to you because you, it, you're going to hurt me. So it's an automatic, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a negative way to, to be. And when we're in a negative pattern or we're not, we're not online, we're not ourselves. So I think when you, when you see how much we hurt the people you love, we love, um, that in itself is motivating to 
to want to you know change the inside to want to to want to show up in life as our authentic self and not someone trapped from the past the, so. the, pro, the problem is just so perverse about abuse i mean i cannot figure out why the heck my mother would want to beat the heck out of me and because at the same time two hours later she, she she would say that she loved us but see when you're triggered that was when your brain blood supply is offline you're actually not thinking it's not it is really right. it's not who you are because you're not even the blood supply to your brain is actually physically changed. So the essence of abuse is basically anger. The essence of relationships is awareness and anger completely blocks awareness. Yeah. And so that's where, unless you find the tools actually process anger constructively of which Hoffman gives you lots of tools to do that, um, you cannot have a healthy relationship. It's not possible. Right. Absolutely true. When, um, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time with my anger and, you know, I can tell you that uh, even, you know, it's almost like you get so angry, you don't black out, but it, it's like, you feel like, yeah, you, you cannot, you cannot make a logical decision. Right. You're just in a state of nothing, but it's, it's insanity. Right. It's basically insanity, right? You're just, you're reacting. And when we again, react. I, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just want to emphasize to the audience that your blood supply has changed. Your brain is inflamed. It's a, anger is a physiological issue, not psychological. It's right. physiological. You'll feel it. Yeah, you'll right. feel it in your body first because I ignored my body for so long. So it's like, oh, here comes the cortisol. Here comes right. the adrenaline down babies get down like it's right. okay like you know a lot of self-talk a lot of like where's my inner kid at and that's you know it's it's all about just loving those parts of me that that were so you know i, I don't say broken sur surviving it's just it's just human it's just how we are in the world it's there's no judgment it's just when we have everybody angry and here's the thing with parents and kids especially if you know, a kid doesn't trust their parent because they were lied to and the parent's trying to prove something else. Well, they're both angry. When you're both angry, nothing's going to happen. So it, it, this is a very normal thing that happens with parents that are alienated from their kids or, you know, the kids alienated from their parent. It, it's really hard to um, get their systems down to even understand that this can be, this can be addressed. This can be worked through. So you made a comment in a conversation between podcasts is that um, your group is going to be lobbying for co-parenting just as a sort of a empirical 50, choice. 50-50, yes. 50-50 is the only way to prevent child neglect, uh, equal shared parenting. Uh, we Kids deserve both parents. We, it's a human rights issue. We have the right to love and know both our parents. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a heavy subject, but it's, it's crucial. Do you have specific tools about how you accomplish these types of things? I mean, what, are you, is like lobbying efforts to the government or to the school yeah. system? I mean, what sort of efforts are you doing as far as this co-parenting project? So right now I'm, I'm kind of aligned with um, a group of, of really good people. One of them is like uh, on Dad Talk. His name is Eric Carroll. There's a couple other names and they are working with uh, legislators to um, bring this 50-50 uh, forward. I think 
I want to say Arkansas, one of them just adopted it. Uh, and this is great because uh, the judges don't want this stuff on their conscience. I mean, right. who would want to put their, you know, and what's happening is they're giving the kid away to the parent that's actually harming. Because if I was put on the stand and they were asked, if I was asked, where would you want to live? I would have picked my stepmom and my dad um, out of just out of survival because I believed what I was told. If I didn't have the evidence, I still would have believed it. So it's it's vital that our kids, you know, you know, get an equal share to to get a good start in life. I mean, I hadn't really thought of it the way you're putting it, but it makes total sense because if parents have to fight for custody of their children, by definition, they have to actually um, trash the other parent. Right. Right. I mean, that's right. almost right. So the 50-50 should decrease that dramatically. The, yeah, that's the only way because you can't, you know, especially in a high conflict, because at least I would have been, you know, protected 50-50 by my mom and 50-50 by my dad. And then that would have protected even any, any, and because there are some awesome step parents. My, my stepdad is awesome. Right. So that would have protected me from, you know, my stepmom in the sense like, you know, not everybody wants to show up and be a stepmom. I get it. Just, you know, you can't be hurting kids. It's just, it's, it's, um, that the, they are saying it's like one of the worst crimes against humanity is actually taking your own child and you're not able to love it or protect it, protect him or her. Right. And so, you know, I mean, that's how I learned how to be a parent was I just, I rebelled from everybody that I saw. And the problem with is when you rebel, it's great, but you pick up so many other, you know, survival patterns. Right. So, uh, you know, it, it's, I, I kind of like walk around like just happy, but I'm also very aware of, you know, um, what's happening in the world. And 50-50 is the only way to protect our kids. Do, do you have other um, sort of visions of what you'd like to accomplish with the Stepwood Project? It sounds like public education is a big one. Yes, I would love to um, start something in the schools um, when they're ready to open. And, you know, let's start teaching the kids how to uh, understand their own systems, how to understand their own nervous systems and how to bring down their own you know, anxiety, we know that anxiety is normal, you can't get rid of it, it's part of life. And um, just educating them so that this stuff will help them throughout their entire life. And if we teach them when they're young, that's a, that's a good thing. Right. I think I, I, think I talked years ago about my efforts in the school system. We did talk right. about that at one point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so I'm excited. I mean, I just, I don't have the bandwidth to do it, even though it's one of my huge passions that, you know, if you're, when you're anxious and frustrated, that's just a chemical reaction to a threat. So anxiety is a result of a threat. It's not the cause. So right. the unconscious brain processes about 20 million bits of information per second. The conscious brain processes forties. So these young children have this massive survival reaction, but they don't know what to do. And yeah. so they do, and it's unpleasant. It's, a, it's supposed to be unpleasant to allow you to survive, but nobody tells us at any point, what do you do? Right. 
And so that's where I'm assuming the things that you've been doing for your own pain with the writing, mm -hmm. relaxation, forgiveness, et cetera, are all mm -hmm. parts of your parts of your mission. Right. I, I think if anything, I want to tell any kid that's uh, you know felt anything like I did, or even worse, or an adult out there that that's had a you know a hard a hard childhood too. Hey, you're okay. You survived, and you're okay. And let's let's work on you know a, a better way for you because we have addiction, we have, you know, alcoholism, we we're numbing ourselves, uh, not to mention COVID, you know, right. so <laughs> there's a lot. And, you know, I just, I just, I can't, I can't not stay quiet and not use what I have to create change. Because it's, this is about um, our humanity. And, you know, gosh, this, this is just the most important thing really is this, and this affects everybody. No one is, no one is um, free from this. Uh, it, it affects all races. It affects all, all the whole spectrum, doctors, lawyers, rich, poor, uh, right. police officers, teachers, judges, no one is free from this. Yeah, the, the thing is, um, of course, there's also the bullying issues. I mean, yes. if you come from a really angry household, where do you yes. take that frustration? You take it out on your peers. Oh, oh, absolutely. When we see like the rate of teen suicide right now, it is, it, I think the teens are just, it is really, really high right now. Everyone's kind of trapped in their own, you know, family situation. And um, I can tell you, if I didn't know what I, what I went through and I didn't have the tools, I, I fear for people. I, I get it. You see it on TV. You see the the massive riots. You see the you know the things that are happening, and it and it's just it, it, you know it's 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 sad, and it, it doesn't have to be this way. No, and the thing about the bullying issue, there's a paper out of England. They did a 50 year five oh year follow-up study on kids who are bullied. First of all, 40% of kids have been bullied in high school, 40%, mm -hmm. that's high. So we're not protecting our kids in school. We're not really protecting, they're not being protected at home, they're not being protected at right. school. Then the people's lifespans were shorter. They didn't do very well as far as jobs, careers, satisfaction, right. relationships suffered. So the downstream effects of bullying are profound. And again, going one step further, why um, it's in the, the parenting thing, but the thing is, the reason why I'm so passionate about the school project, I'm very excited about what you're doing, is that we've talked about this for years. How do you teach people to be better parents? And you can't do it. I mean, it's just right. it's too granular. But the school system is a common touch point. Everybody has to go right. through school, right? Right, right. So that's the one point of actually teaching the skills to the kids early on of how to process anxiety and anger and how they actually can go home back to a disruptive family, but still thrive. Right. And then I also think educating parents, I don't, when you're angry and frustrated and you're fighting with each other, you're not necessarily seeing the impact that you're having on people around you. Right. And I'm, I'm guessing that one of your goals is to help parents see that more clearly. Right. So I, I propose, you know, so as soon as the parents uh, file for divorce within a week, uh, get them into uh parental alienation classes, which explain why you don't want to talk bad about the parent, 
why a child's brain is so, you know, what happens from age zero to three months, seven to 13, why this is so crucial. Teach parents under, you know, like I knew only because of what I went through, but I didn't know the actual science behind it. So when you can explain the science with no judgment, this is just fact. It kind of gives the parents a little bit more like, oh, oh, you know, it, it's kind of like you either want this or you want this because this hasn't been working anymore. And right. change, change needs to happen. And so before, you know, for change, we need awareness. So when we look at the, the family unit and when we see the divorce rate and that we're leading with the most single parent homes in the entire world, what is going on in our country? We need to start helping our families, our kids, and every parent, whether it's female or male, there's no gender bias, anything. This is just the reality and we want a reality better. Right, right. So yeah, so, definitely yeah. educating them through the courts. And have you seen, so my question is, of course, when people are angry, it's hard to educate them. Right. right. Have, you, have you seen some success with the education process so far? Um, yeah, you know, I've been able to kind of, um, you know, like everything is being launched and I've been able to really connect with a lot of, of parents that are alienated and offer my advice. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see that there seems to be a shift, especially in the psychological, the, the psychiatry, it seems um, even the courts are actually starting to look at the mind and body, mm -hmm. whether or not they're implementing it or not. Uh, you know, that's too soon to tell, but that's a really big issue is, yeah, parents that, you know, they're upset because their kids are involved. So yeah, I think, that's why I think videos are coming and um, we're working on uh, bringing more content and actual facts. And I'll be sharing a little bit more of my story where they can actually see um, what, you know, how the brain, how it works, like what really happens. And when they see all the negative stuff that gets put in there and well, no wonder why my kid is so angry because they get so mad. Like, why is my right. kid so angry? And I'm like, it's just an emotion. And I'm sorry, you don't like it, but your kid is surviving. And, you know, they're, they have a really hard time with their child being angry. And I get that. It's just, uh, you know, everyone has seen anger as like such a bad thing. And it's like, it's bad, but it's there for a reason. They're, your child is feeling threatened. Right. Well, one thing I found out early on is the expressive writing. I know you found quite a bit of benefit from the expressive writing. Right. Yes. And so it's... Um, could you explain really briefly the expressive writing, how it affected you? And also it's a pretty easy tool to teach kids. Right. So um, I like yours uh, because you get to rip it up. But so what I, I had to do is I had to write every day, no matter what it was, they were just my own thoughts. Nobody can judge them. I just sit there and I write whatever comes, whatever comes to my brain. I just write it out and then I rip it up and I, throw it away and I kind of look up and I give like a peace sign and nice. I just let it go and that helps um, me disconnect from those thoughts and right. then I can kind of go back and like oh, okay well that makes sense once I disconnect from it there's no real 
attachment. It's right. just like, you know, oh, it's just a thought. It doesn't have any power over it. And, you know, it, so that has helped me tremendously. So has um, like expressive writing where I'll just go off for like 10 minutes. Like I'll put a timer in like, gosh, this person at the gas station really made me upset. And, you know, you just kind of let it out in a, just in a, it's just a safe way to release things that are, that feel like they're just um, hovering over you. Right. And it's just the, the quickest way. Right. So that's one thing as I put my school project together, and I think this is part of your mission also, is just teaching kids expressive writing because you can't control your thoughts and the writing is just a separation exercise. But, you know, for me personally, even, even if I spend just 30 seconds writing, <clears throat> it changes mm -hmm. my day. And one of my um, physical therapy friends, <coughs> excuse me, had a daughter who was a first grade teacher and she had her kids do expressive writing. It completely changed the classroom and parents were coming to her and saying, what's going on? Because again, you can't control anxiety and anger. They're survival skills and they're necessary. And so as you learn to develop a working relationship with anxiety and frustration, and the writing is a great starting point, um, they have all these incredibly powerful impulses that they don't know what to do with. And once you start to neutralize those impulses, it just changes everything. Right. And it, it's like, it gets you into like more of a creative state. And when you're in a creative state, you can play, you can relax, you can be right. the other way. You're just, you're surviving. You're just, you're kind of like just in quicksand. Like, you know, how am I going to get out of here? And, um, you know, it, it breaks my heart to know that there are kids out there just, they're just surviving. They're just kind of stuck. And that's why the schools are important because kids, tend to spend more time at school than they do at home right and you know not now but you know hopefully you know soon right they'll get back into some routine um and you know i think everyone seems to be more open to um healing and they just don't know what that looks like and um you know that's why i hope to show them like it it, it is very possible so and everyone i don't think i met a person who doesn't want to heal um you know, we just want it like that. And right. that's, the, that's, and the, that's the hard part. It's like, we want it like that. And it, it, it's, it's a journey. Well, I'm excited for everything you've been doing. I, I don't know you that well. I just sort of watched you from a distance over the last four years. And the difference is dramatic from my perspective. So I'm excited <laughs> for you. And you. as you know, I always think that when you're at this phase of the game, you're just barely getting started in a way, because you're not having to fight the abyss and the pain and the anxiety so it gives you a chance to be incredibly creative so she founded the stephood project which it can be accessed at stephoodproject.org mm -hmm. and i'm guessing you're looking for volunteers would be one of my guesses is that a fair statement yeah volunteers anyone that wants to get involved um that has a story to tell that that wants a story to tell i think every person has a, a story especially from children of divorce you know um that that's been hurt that that wants to be heard and um yeah uh send us uh your information and you know we will get back to you uh we're also just you know i'll be speaking soon and doing some other things but um right now it's just kind of like a grassroots movement to um create change for for all of us because when you heal a child you heal part of the world yep. you heal you know you know, Absolutely. and so, 
and it's it's and it's not any like bad against like the parents I know they're just doing their best too because they deserve to be healed as well and you know parents I mean I have a son too it's like if something's if if he's having a bad day and he's 27 I'll be sad about it right you know right (laughs) so it's just human you're just human so I just you know if anybody can just feel a little bit of what I felt like you did at the Hoffman or you know just like go for it yeah let's just make it better no absolutely well I really applaud your um project and your drive and commitment so I'm excited about it and so um thank you for being on the program and uh, we'll stay in touch yeah thank you too for writing back I'm all over that site it's awesome I the, the the DOC journey is going to be very effective and helpful there's a lot of parents that are in physical pain now and um i will yeah let them know go here (laughs) great well thank you thank you i'd like to thank our guest lisa goodpastor for being on the show today and for sharing the work that her organization the stephood project is doing to help alleviate the problems of parental alienation and childhood trauma I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at thedocjourney.com. Thanks for listening today, and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.